Hello, and welcome to the Amber Stitt Show. I am your host, Amber Stitt, and I am obsessed with helping people get their financial and personal lives in order. Every week, my guests and I explore the fundamentals and practices that will help you stay on top of your game in business, but also at home. I believe we all have different pathways we have to take to reach our peak performance so that we can live up to our peak potential. And this podcast is dedicated to helping you get there. I'm excited to share the insights and habits that my guests and I have cultivated throughout our lives so that we can help you on your journey towards a happy, successful, and fulfilling life. Let's jump right into today's show. With a lot of legislation, I know you guys have three ways to look at planning for long-term care. And so can you share those three steps with me? Yeah, absolutely. So the first one is people can self-insure and that's what most people do, right? And probably mainly because they don't plan, right? And we've all heard the phrase, if you if you don't plan, you plan to fail, right? And mm-hmm. that's true. I mean, think about it. What's the average cost of long-term care in the United States? It's like $7,000 a month, right? Oh yeah, seven to nine. I think Arizona's 9,000. Okay, and that's per person. So if right. you're thinking a married couple, I mean, we're talking possibly $14,000 a month. Who has that? Who's got retirement income like that? Well, we're talking about retirement mainly, and people are focusing on retirement. So that's not including what you're talking about, right? In fact, it could be a huge drain on that, right? Let's say, let's say you go to retire, you're you're lucky enough to have a pension and that's paying a hundred thousand bucks a year. You think life is good, right? You're doing really well. In fact, statistically, you'd be doing really well compared to the average retiree. But now all of a sudden, one of the married couple needs long-term care. So there goes 7,000 bucks, right? If they're self-insuring, there goes seven to $9,000. It's all gone. There isn't anything left for the other person who doesn't need long-term care. This is something prior to people retiring earlier because of the great resignation and some other other factors. Like, I don't think we have enough data to support that conversation yet, but we're talking about pre-pandemic, typical planning, retirement funding, and more, right? Yeah. I mean, so it's scary. Uh, People are extremely ill-prepared and we're living longer and longer, right? Medical technology is increasing our lifespans, but that doesn't mean what that really probably means is that we are much more likely to need care at some point, right? uh, you know, for several years. And the sandwich generation factor too. So you and I don't want to lead out of fear, but it's a real thing and there's real numbers. We're not making this up. So how do we be constructive with our time and learn what's available to us. So that'll be coming more through other um, videos and things that we have. But um, okay, so step one, self-insuring doesn't mean you've always planned to (laughs) self-insure. Most people don't plan for that. It sounds great and glamorous, but. Yeah, it sounds like I don't have to pay premium, which is attractive. And and I love what you said. We don't want this decision to be fear-driven, but you know who's not fearful? People who are prepared. That's right. who's not fearful. Imagine okay. the less so, stress. That's there's no stress yeah. there. Yeah, like it just let's not let's not pretend it's not something real or mm-hmm. that it won't affect us most likely at some point. Let's let's acknowledge it and say okay, that's that's like jumping off a house and thinking I'm going to ignore gravity. You know, it, it doesn't work, right? It's going to affect you. Okay, so so the second way people can prepare, which is the more traditional way, but it's been very unsuccessful, right, is buying long-term care insurance. 
people don't want to buy long-term care because when should people buy long-term care if they're going to get it? Way early in their life, oh, yeah. right? Like yeah. 30s, 30s and 40s, right? That's the time when you should probably get it. Uh, do people do it? No, um, because long-term care is kind of long in the future. I'm not, I only need it when I'm 80, right? And so I don't no. want to pay for that. Plus the entire focus of the financial planning industry is to how much, how can we shovel more money into retirement accounts for assets under management? Yes. Right. So that's the objective. Um, and so people have, it's been such a failure of selling that product that tons of companies have just stopped doing it entirely. And so there are really only a few carriers that even offer long-term care insurance. What are the issues? You know, with long-term care, traditional long-term care, you get, you, you pay a premium. Is that premium level for the rest of your life? No, it, it increases over time for the most part. Well, what happens to the benefit? For a second. So to the traditional, to your point, what we've always learned is that it can move. Now there's new products and hybrids out there, but that's where a lot of our personal experiences come from the old way of doing things, yep. old products right. that, that would be so expensive and then keep going up in price. Yep. And here's the thing too, it, it, long-term care is a lot like term life insurance, right? If you, if you die while you're paying for the term life insurance, it's going to pay, right? But what happens when you cancel the term life insurance policy? What if you don't die while it's in force? Right. What happens to all the money you've ever paid into it? So it's just it gone, it. Yeah. right? Yeah, it's use it or lose it. And that's how long-term care insurance is too. Now, there might be some that have some riders that say refund a premium if you don't use it after a period mm-hmm. of time or whatever. Um, so you'd have to look for those options. But that's what I'm just saying what scares people away from option number two. Yeah. A lot of times, right, is is that, that feeling like I'm going to pay for something and I may or may not even use it. So to me, that comes leads us to the third option, which I think has really been innovative, right? The life insurance industry has said, you know what? We can offer a rider on the life insurance policy or we can or we can make the accelerated benefit rider not just based on terminal illness. We can base it on chronic illness or right. a critical illness, Right. And chronic illness, they'll define as saying, look, you can't do two or more of the activities of daily living. So you can't dress, feed, bathe, transfer, you know, toilet uh, or continence, right? So those are the six. If you can't do two or more of those, then you're considered chronically ill. And you can, in a lot of cases with these new policies, get up to half your death benefit while you're living tax-free, right? right? For those purposes, sometimes up to a million dollars, right? And so... I mean, that's a great option because what happens if you don't use the long-term care benefit side of that? Well, let's say you don't have a chronic illness. What are the chances of you dying eventually? 100%. It's a definite, just when, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, death and taxes, right? They're for sure. They're right. going to happen. <laughs> and so that's kind of reassuring, I think, in my mind is that, look, I can get this product and maybe I don't want to go to the traditional long-term care route, which I'm not saying don't do that. It's just not for everybody. Right. It's it's much better than self-insuring, right? Yeah. In b- option number two and number three. Yeah. And I came across that myself working with my husband on this, running the analysis. And he just goes, I will not buy a long-term care product. And it was frustrating for me for a little bit being in the business. But it did open my eyes to the fact that there's product education that needs to happen. So everyone gets to choose their own plan. And so um, thank you for sharing your three steps because I want people to know there's multiple ways to go about it outside of self-insuring and take some time and just learn because there's different ways some of these plans could trigger 
and could pay out some payout cash and some pay directly to the facilities and different things. So these are some terminal terminology that you can learn about and we're happy to help there. Um, just really take some of the stress out of that overwhelming concept and fold it into your, your overall plan because it, it has to be there. We know that the statistics exist and so if you're just not sure if people are doing this or are, you know, you could even test talking with friends and family. What is your plan? And I think, Kyle, you can agree, almost everyone we know doesn't have an answer besides self-insuring. Most often, if you're just talking or in my experience, and that's why I become so passionate about it, we need to do something else. We need to put some steps in, in motion because most people are under underprepared. They're not prepared. Try right. and and if they really don't want to be fearful uh, or have fear drive them financially, then it's it's education, right? It's knowing yep. your options, yeah, and uh, being able to be proactive about it. Wonderful. So I know you're always happy to help, and so am I. So thank you for sharing your three steps, Kyle. I always appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Amber Stitch Show. For more information about the podcast, books, articles, and more, please visit me at amberstit.com. Until next week, enjoy your journey at home and at work. Thank you for listening.